Thank you, everyone. Now, before you take a seat, we're going to have a, uh, a, a, a team moment, an MCC team moment. Is that cool? So on the count of three, I want you to shout Jesus. Ready? It's like we're putting a hand in. Put your hand out. It's like that team huddle. You remember? All right. So on the count of three, it's one, two, three. Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Next thing, we are going to do, what's another great word? It's another great word. Um, we're going to do something that's very Pentecostal, and it's called hallelujah. All right. And so we're going to say hallelujah. We're going to shout hallelujah in that on the count of three all right now hallelujah means 10,000 praises to God you ready so just do the math how many is that I don't know but it's a heck of a lot you ready one two three that was okay it was like pretty good it was a bit of a guttural roar in there we're gonna do one again one two three love it take a seat take a seat take a seat epic thanks Sandra just continue to play just a little moment just uh, um, uh, last two weeks ago I had uh, several words that I felt that the Holy Spirit was just laying upon my heart and uh, one of them was uh, um, in regards to abdom, abdom, if I can say it abdominal pain um, anybody notice if that word was for you anybody notice an, a change over the last couple of weeks I'm just looking for testimonies of healing right now. All right. What about uh, someone who had uh, pain in their left ear or had problems with their left ear? They may not be here today. Um, and the last, last thing is back pain. Anybody notice a change and a big difference in back pain? I know Lola had a massive, massive adjustment there, which was absolutely good. Still good, Lola? Yeah, yeah, not hit. I was watching Lola worship today during worship and I thought, man, we all need to take a page out of her book. That's for sure. Absolutely on fire. Um, so anybody notice any, any changes or any adjustments from those words of knowledge? So uh, either that were those words were not for anybody in the church, of which 75 to 85% of the church put your hand up in response to those words, all right? And this is why I'm asking the question, because I expect healing, because we are in a season of healing where God heals today. We say amen, and, and, and I am expectant that your life is being changed. I'm expectant. Now, you might be a bit afraid to put your hand up right now because you might think that Pastor Matt's going to get you up the front to talk about it. I'm not going to do that today. Okay? But uh, I promise you I won't do that today. So anybody, anybody notice a shift or a change? And you went, yep. See one hand there? Fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to celebrate that. Can we just worship the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing right now. And we ask, Lord, more in Jesus' name. Amen? There was a couple of other words, lost direction and encounter. Has anybody had just a um, significant encounter or they feel just that little bit more direction in their life? today as a result of two weeks ago i see another hand let's worship the lord another hand yeah another one fantastic wow wow now remember we we thank the lord as though it was us who experienced it so that was a bit of a golf clap can we really praise the lord for that yeah come on
Praise you, Jesus. All right. So for this morning, who here has had issues with their right-hand hip? I noticed that uh, I just felt that somebody was having uh, pain in their right hip. Somebody's pointing. Ah, fantastic. Okay, there's one. Another one. Okay, good. Okay. Well, not good, but I'm glad that... uh, I'm glad that there's people identifying with that. Um, can I, could I just ask you both, I just feel, ask you both just to stand for a moment. There's two people. Is there anybody else? You're standing in faith right now that God's going to change this right now in Jesus' name. So just those around, family members, just lay your hand upon that right hip. If you're just around, just stretch out your hands right now. If that's kind of weird to you, it's like a symbol of, of just saying, yeah, I agree, Lord, with you and what you're doing. That's what it's like. It's just stretching out your hand and just going, yes, Lord, I agree with what you're doing, Holy Spirit. And Lord, make it happen in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you, Father. Something just changed just then. Shambhala Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, I declare the pain and the source of that pain to leave and go in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, we welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome your healing power and your anointing power even now in Jesus' name. Anybody feeling a little bit of heat in that hip? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there something you can do just to test that out a little bit? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just soaking. I'm just, just stay. Just stay believing because I, I believe the Holy Spirit's just doing a work right now. Just stay in that posture. I, I've got an unusual something, and look, I'll, I'm ready to look like a fool. Um, but does a red van mean anything to anybody? I felt as though somebody was having a dream about a red van. Red van, anybody had an accident associated with a red van? It's okay to be fools for Jesus, right? Amen. All right, if that's somebody online as well, Lord, right now, just release your power. Whatever that is associated with, I I believe just speaking that out, Lord, right now, uh, I ask, Lord, that uh, whatever is associated with that, Lord, that you would have your way. Whatever is associated with that, a red van, Lord, I don't know what that is, but Lord, right now, we just uh, step out in faith and we invite your presence just to rest upon in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. How's those hips? Yeah? Did the hip hippie shake? There's what? Sensation going up and down your leg, your right leg. Wow. Fantastic. Carmel, how's it? Yeah? It's okay? Well, continue in that okayness. Better than okay, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise right now. Thanks. So often in these moments of invitation, you understand that this is a moment of invitation right now. And uh, and I, I know that, you know, often our, in our culture, um, you know, we find it difficult sometimes to receive 
uh, from people. And I know that Rose, you know, spoke about it a little bit earlier, but so often it's it's like this moment of where, you know, you, you feel, you know, you, we hear the scripture of where it says, it's better to give than to receive. But how many know it's darn good to receive sometimes, right? <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, I, I believe that um, there needs to always be this moment of, of, um, of uh, accepting what has been, what is being given to you. And uh, often when there is an invitation, it's like you've received an invitation to do something. You've received an in invitation to go somewhere. H have you ever received an invitation to a birthday party, right? Or even better, a a an invitation to a wedding. Right, I think uh, you know weddings are just so exciting, aren't they? You know, there's the you know there's the kiss, there's the dress, there's the clothing, there's the reception, there's either a really good wedding band or a really ordinary one. You know, you hope the food's going to be good. You know, you you hope you know nobody gets up and starts singing karaoke really badly or something like that. But the point is, the wedding is a celebration. Amen. And so when you get that invitation, you know, are you the person that thinks, oh, I have to get a wedding present? What am I going to get? Or are you the person that says, yes, party time, I get to dress up, right? So often, depending on your personality, depending on what your experience is, what actually happens is that, is that you've received an invitation and sometimes how do I respond to that? How do I not just appropriately respond, what's, what's my really childlike to response to a gift? I know with our kids around Christmas time or their birthday time or, or, uh, or, or Josh who has to wait all year for both because um, his birthday is on New Year's Eve, right? <laughs> he thinks the fireworks is all for him. But, you know, uh, the, you know the, he has to wait all year. So, it, like, it's this build-up to, uh, it's this build-up to this, oh, wow, all these presents and all this fun and all this time, right? And then, and, and that's how, I think that's what our childlike response to the invitation that God's, God puts before us. And I think often when there's words of knowledge or even when there's an exhortation or an invitation from the worship team or a worship leader to then respond either in prayer or lifting up our hands or, or, or things like that, it's, it, we ought to come back to that childlike response, that childlike faith that says, yes, I'm going to get presents at my birthday. Or or yes, that wedding is going to be a party. Or yes, God has invited me to, to participate in this act of healing of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Amen? And so I think that, you know, it's like when Jesus said, Suffer not, let the little children come unto me. You see, the, 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 uh, the disciples, it wasn't even the Pharisees. I mean, it, it wasn't even like, like the Jewish leaders. It was Jesus' disciples that should know better, right? Well, I'm saying to you, you should know better. Because the Bible says that it's like with childlike faith. So we can come to God as children, as little children. And not that we behave like children. It's that we respond to him like children saying, yeah, Daddy God, Abba Father. And that's my challenge. Too often, when that invitation is given, too often, we, we don't know how to respond. Or we respond in the way uh, like this. And I felt the Holy Spirit give me this. Just this morning during worship. 
Too many times we enter into his presence with the state of mind, I've been here before and nothing happened. We've experienced the presence of God before and nothing happened. I've received a direct word of knowledge or a prophetic word over my life, but nothing happened. And so we can give this half-hearted amen, hallelujah. We can even be exuberant, but in our heart of hearts, we're just not responding with that childlike faith. Friends, I believe we're in a new season. I believe that there is a quickening. And I believe that with every right word of God, with every right prophetic word, with every correct thing, the Bible says that there is nothing that won't be fulfilled in the last days. Respond well. Respond well. I can, can we just pray that, if you're with me on this, like let's just break off their mentality as we've been here before. And can I just say, above all of you, I'm the biggest. Can I, can I just be honest for a minute? I'll even come down off the stage for even more honesty. <laughs> I am the biggest. I have been in the biggest meetings, the biggest, I've been the receiver of the biggest prophetic words. I have heard, I have seen, I have slept under chairs, I have been in revival meetings where everybody's getting touched but me. <laughs> Let me tell you, I can be the biggest cynic, more cynical than you. That's the truth of it. And I feel that the Holy Spirit is wanting us as a church to respond like this, is that we're breaking off the, we've been here before and nothing happened. Let me tell you, there is such anointing in this room right now that will cause radical transformation in this community right now. But it's how our heart receives how our heart responds and how, you know, we're singing, I bow before you. I only saw a few knees bowed. I haven't been that well this week. And, you know, Anna, Anna said to me, and it's not through lack of faith, it's through an absolute heart of caring. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you should take this weekend off. And I felt something in my spirit just jump out of me. It says, no, I believe in the anointing power of God above how I feel or how my body is or where my mind is at. That's what I believe in. And see, too often it's that we've been here before. The appropriate response is just to sit back and take it easy. Friends, when there is an invitation for healing, don't you want it? When there's an invitation to give God praise, shouldn't you be the first to put your hands up? When there's an invitation to prayer and come together in unity in prayer, shouldn't you be the first one banging down the door? Let that hunger help you drive closer to Jesus. Because the Bible describes him as that moment of that still small voice. And he says, ask, seek and knock and you will find he doesn't say you will find after the 10th time after the 20th time he says you will find 
And so often, he's just a whisper away. Amen? So I'm going to ask you, you don't have to stand up. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to run around the room or swing from the chandeliers. What I'm saying is that you just open your heart right now and pray this prayer after me. And then we're going to get into the word. You ready? Say, Jesus, I don't want to be complacent. I open my heart right now to receive the seed of your word. Let it fall on fertile ground. Let it germinate. Let it grow and let it be mature. Let me grow in it and it in me. I break off any complacency and the thought that I've been here before and nothing happened. The devil's a liar. He's the father of lies. And he does not know anything but lying. So thank you, Jesus, for your blood that has set me free. I choose you today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen and amen. That was powerful, wasn't it? That was powerful. That was powerful. Hey, so next Sunday, come to the prayer meeting. It's going to be on fire. It really, really is. Amen? Praise God. All right. Now, hopefully I'm going to get to the whiteboard today because I've just been itching to use those whiteboard markers. Ephesians 2. If you've got your Bibles, open them. This is part two of I Belong. And, um, and we're going to press in. Um, and uh, it's really about I Belong, the house that Jesus builds. Everybody say, I'm in the house that Jesus builds. I am the house that Jesus builds. Amen. All right. So I belong. So I'm going to pick it up from, uh, and it was a great uh, video recap there and of uh, some guest speaker that you had two weeks ago. It was pretty good. And, um, and uh, we started to look at Ephesians 2, and the first three verses aren't all that, aren't all that um, they don't bring warm, fuzzy feelings because uh, the first three verses of, of Ephesians 2 is a reminder of what we came out of. Amen? Hello? Okay, good. You're just opening your Bibles. I get it. So Ephesians 2, uh, it talks about once you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air that we know as Lucifer, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And then, see, that's, <laughs> I really want to get beyond these verses, but I keep on coming back to it. You know, uh, before Jesus, you were disobedient. And I can hear this little voice in, in, in your head. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was a good little boy, <laughs> you know, or girl. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the truth is this, is that you were walking according, you were under the power of Satan. You see, this is what Jesus had, has drawn you out of and into his glorious truth and light. Amen. And so, so uh, the first three verses of, uh, is, is, is uh, you know, uh, reminding us, and uh, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, 
and uh, reminding us of what we used to be as opposed to what we are today, what we have today. And uh, from verse 4 through to verse 10 is all about the, the reminder of the absolute truth of what Jesus has done in our life. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 4, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Do you know what exceeding riches means? It doesn't mean you just made it. Hello? It doesn't mean that you just made it through the door. Whew. Dodge that hell bullet. <laughs> I'm going to just preach to you guys down here. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I mean, it just, it doesn't, exceeding riches of his grace says that his love has been lavishly poured out upon you so that you would not just struggle through life. Let me tell you, most of your struggles is you dying to yourself. Sorry, most of my struggles is me dying to myself and being made alive in Christ. Can you relate? Okay. <laughs> you like it when I crucify myself before, don't you? For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's nothing, you know, it's like I can stand here and say, it's nothing that you've done that can get you saved. <laughs> it's everything that Jesus has done. But you see, what this is addressing is that, our, you know, there, there is something that we can do. It's our response to him, our appropriate response to him. That's what we can do. But the, but the biggest thing is this, is it's not through works. In other words, it's not through law. It's not picking up the rubbish. It's not, um, it's not through, uh, you know, reading your Bible every day. Oh, did I say that? You know, it's not even through praying every day that you can be saved. What it is, is through about saying yes to Jesus. Amen? Yes. It's about saying, yes, Jesus, you died upon the cross. Your blood was shed for my sin. I accept that and I say yes to you. Now I die to myself that you, that I have been made alive in you. Amen? It's a big concept we're going to come back to. But verse 11 starts to explain this. So if you've got your Bibles with you, Ephesians 2 verse 11, it says, Therefore remember, everybody say remember, remember. that you, once Gentiles in the flesh. Now what's the, what that's talking about, um, non-Israel, non all right? Not, Non-holy of holies, all right? Gentiles is everybody but Israel. Um, the truth is there's probably a little bit of Israel in all of us, but uh, I'm talking about genealogy here, but... Um, <laughs> Who, uh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand. Let's not worry about that right now. But the, the, the truth is this, is that the Gentile, sorry, the law stated uh, that you were not part of the kingdom of heaven. You were not part of the kingdom of heaven unless you had been circumcised. But when Jesus died upon the cross, all of that was done away with. Okay, amen? 
Everybody say amen to that. Okay, that was an awkward amen, but okay. Um, that a time without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. That's a big statement, isn't it? You know, imagine if we went out to the world, we got up on our soapbox and said, guess what, you have no hope unless you've got Jesus. <laughs> that, that's their hostile words. See, Paul's not mixing words here. And what I'm saying, you know, I'm just repeating what's written in the word. And whilst it's uncomfortable sometimes, we have to understand that if you accept Jesus, we ought to live as though we have hope. Yes. Amen? Yes. All right. And the way in which we live with hope is to be demonstrated out to the rest of the world. I think too often we can be soak ourselves in the world's media and the world's news and, oh it's, oh, it's tough out there. And, you know, yeah, maybe it is tough out there. And if you're experiencing a hard time, we get it. I get it. I understand. But you see, in Jesus, Jesus can turn that speaker box into a loaf of bread. That's the power of who he is. He has saved you completely and totally. Amen. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once who were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, this is where I actually wanted to start today, but I just couldn't get away from verse 11 through to here. He says this, verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and is broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. So what I'm saying here is that it, Jesus never ever, he, he didn't, it's not like he did away with the law, he fulfilled the law. Hello? Now when I talk about the law, I'm talking about the requirements that were made against us that we would have to pay if we sinned. That's what I'm talking about. And so what Jesus has done, he said, you don't have to pay, we, you and I, we don't have to pay those requirements anymore. We don't have to sacrifice animals. We don't have to uh, wave the showbread. We don't have to do those things. We don't have to go into the, enter into the, you know, the, the physical holy of holies. We don't have to travel to Jerusalem or bow down facing Jerusalem or any of those things. You know, we don't have to do any of those things because Jesus fulfilled, the Bible says, that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. In other words, he was that sacrificial lamb that if all sinned, one would pay for all. And he paid for it. That's why we celebrate communion. Amen? Verse 17, And he preached peace to you who were far, afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. That's the Holy Spirit. So, verse 19. Are you with me? Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Can I get a hallelujah about that? Hallelujah. Because, man, you are part of the household of God. <laughs> you are part of the household of God. Let me tell you this. You were once in rags. You were the poorest of poorest. 
You were living on the street. And then suddenly the Prince of Peace came along and granted to everybody who was living in the street, who was living in rags and said that invitation, remember that invitation I was telling you about before? And you responded well to the invitation that Jesus said, come, and you said, yes. Did he say, come, that you may receive riches? He said, no, come, follow me. And when our heart's response says, yes, we come to serve you, Lord. We don't come to serve of ourselves. We come to serve you, God. Let my life be a life of service unto you and your kingdom and your purposes within my life. As we come to serve you, God. Then he says, come into the household of God. He says, come and ride in my chariot. Come and ride in my Bentley. The best car that you've ever dreamed of, whatever it might be. Might be a 79 Corolla Coupe. That was my first car. It used to be Sandra's first car. I think I rode it off twice. <laughs> now it's a Magna. Anyway, come back to the kingdom of heaven right now. If you've got a Corolla, don't get rid of it. They go forever, right? Even when they've been written off twice. <laughs> Whatever, name your dream car. He says, come and get in it. Come and ride with me. And you are suddenly transformed from rags into the very household of God. I love what David says, that I'd rather be a gatekeeper. <laughs> I'd rather be a gatekeeper than to dine with kings. <laughs> wow, what an invitation. Amen. The word foreigners actually comes from the Greek word paru. Per Poroikos. I can't really do Greek very well. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> Thanks, Rose. I'm glad you find it funny. Um, but it actually, it actually means somebody who draws near but can never be. Hello? That's what it means, that word means. It means it doesn't mean a foreigner as though... You know, if somebody's immigrating to Australia and there is a number of people from different countries here, uh, here today and, and watching online, um, it, it, it means that whilst you're present, you never feel connected. You never feel a part of. That's what this word foreigner means, and it translates into the English as foreigner. But it means like you're always striving you see, before Jesus and before giving your life to Jesus, there's this place in life of where you're always striving for fulfillment. You're always striving to be accepted. You're always striving to be pressing in to somewhere where you feel loved and accepted. Hello? And no matter what you do, no matter who you hang out with, no matter what you buy, no matter what promotion you receive at work, no matter what happens, there's this moment of where 
when you accept Jesus, now I'm no longer an orphan. I'm adopted into the very household of God. That's what that word foreigner means. And you need to understand, it's like, it's like a page turn away. You're never quite there. But then the page gets turned and you are no longer a foreigner. That's a word for somebody today. You are no longer a foreigner. Don't stay orphaned. You've been set apart. You are valuable. Jesus gave his life for you. Then verse 20, and this is where I really want to get to today. It says this, having been built on, everybody say built on, the foundation of the, of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. All right, everybody get ready to be amazed. I drew on it. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to do. So, no. So, <clears throat> I have to understand this. So a cornerstone, a cornerstone was all about, um, now let me, come, let, let, let me start with the definition first. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Let me know when you got it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says this. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're precious. You also, as living stones, say so you're a living stone, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up sacri spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. So going back. How many know it's good to open your Bibles in church? says this now this is the encounter here of where um of where jesus where where peter actually sorry where jesus actually endorses something very a great revelation that had never been stated before so peter was the first uh, recorded in the bible to actually state who jesus is and so uh back in um uh, verse 15, he said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Man. <clears throat> when we state who Jesus really is in our lives and we believe it, that's powerful. Verse 17, but Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed that, this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, you see, the early church thought Peter was the rock. 
How wrong. How wrong. How wrong. You see, the rock was the absolute revelation that Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Lord. That's the rock. That's the absolute cornerstone. The Bible talks about the fact that, that Jesus is the cornerstone. Right? And so a cornerstone here in, in, in building terms was a, a stone of which everything was built from. It would align the building, the foundations of the building. And everything would be built according to that. And Jesus is that cornerstone. Everything that is built, everything that is built is built from that, from that revelation, from that truth. It's not prophetic words. It's not love. It's not law. It's him. It's him. It's not worship. It's not brand new awesome chairs that we got here just recently. It's Jesus. It's not even coming together. It's him. Okay? So we must understand that our foundation is in him. And so if Jesus is the cornerstone, if Jesus is the cornerstone, it says after that, that it's then the apostles, the apostolic. Now, what it's talking about here is the apostles of the early church, those that went out and carried the authority of the word to preach and build churches. Okay, that's what the apostles are. The apostle, the, the word apostle is actually a regional leader. It was not a, it was a Greek word. It was actually a Roman word uh, that, uh, that, that was talked about of where somebody would move into a region and they would actually hold military, so law power, as well as uh, guidance power, so spiritual power, okay? And so first Jesus, then the apostles, and then the prophets. Because you can't have the prophetic without the foundation of the word properly taught with authority. You can't have the word properly taught with authority without the revelation that Jesus is Christ, Jesus is Lord. Okay? And so what happens here is then the building is built. Then the spiritual house, I didn't give myself enough room for a nice pitched roof. <laughs> they don't call me Picasso Matt for no reason. <laughs> then the spiritual house is built. Now, the spiritual house has names on it like Gordon. There's a window here called David. There's another window here called Prava. There's another brick here called Tim. There's a really good looking mantelpiece here called Anna. 
And over her is the fire, because she really lights my fire. <laughs> Boom. That is not even in my notes. There's another one called Steve. There's another one called TK. You are the spiritual house. You are the house that the Holy Spirit dwells in. You are the house that's built upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, of where the word is, is given in authority to the apostles, of which the, through the apostolic anointing is given through prophetic words, living words that are given. And upon this foundation, you are built. Neglect that, neglect that, neglect that, and that falls. Don't value this, don't value that, don't value that in your life and make it a priority. Priority. And the house crumbles. This is why I said before, much of what you struggle with is you dying to yourself and being made alive in Christ, which is an amazing invitation. Here is what the spiritual house might look like for you. Jesus. What's the next one? Thank you. What's the next one? Prophetic. Oh. Oh, work. Hand. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can't read that. But you were right in what you said, right? This is what it looks like for you. Here's for the Collingwood supporters. All right. He's got cauliflower fingers. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Neglect the word and you don't build strong muscles. <laughs> I know this might seem very play, uh, play school, Sunday school to you, but it's so easy to let life rob these truths and what happens when these truths are robbed away from you is that you become isolated and you start to question your faith and I might even ask this question where is your fire gone where is that zeal Jesus said the zeal for my father's house consumes me it's like that fire that consumes him and often that fire just dulls down a little bit. It's still there, but it just dulls down a little bit just simply because we've neglected the foundation. We've neglected to be accountable to leaders. We've neglected to revisit those prophetic words 
And then what happens is this, an alternative view is developed. Oh, let's put it that way. You get the picture, right? I know. There should be a comic drawer. And what happens is you start to think these thoughts, I've been here before and nothing happened. Because we lose faith in the prophetic power of the word. We lose faith in the leaders around us that have let us down. And we lose sight of who Jesus actually is in our life. And we are reduced to, I've been here before and nothing happened. Your faith is built based on this foundation. Your belief and your hope is built based on this foundation. And this foundation looks like this. It looks like worship. looks like prayer. It looks like the word as we've spoken about. It looks like, and this will be a funny statement, and I'm not going to write it because I can say it quicker than what I write it, disallowing some things in your life. Disallowing some things. Like what you watch on TV. Like what you listen to. Like who you get advice from. Those things. Disallowing things. And I'm not talking about being rigid and law. Oh, that is of the world. Oh. It's about, it's about, you know, stop to smell the roses. You know, flowers are of the world too, but, you know, they smell good, right? You know, a good steak. Sorry for all you vegans, but a good steak, there's <laughs> nothing like it. It's technically vegan because it was eating grass beforehand. But the truth is this. The truth is this. I'm not talking about becoming law, law, old law, Old Testament abiding citizens. I'm talking about disallowing things that rob away from that and reduce you to that. I, hadn't, I haven't said you've lost your salvation, but that zeal, uh, that zeal is on the decline. The best, it's about becoming the best version. Sorry, before I get to that, Holy Spirit just wants me to say to you, it's about breaking off limitations. <laughs> Do you know God is limitless in power? Hello? And if you are the spiritual house, then the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive and well in you. That's what the Bible says. Hello? That makes his power through you only limited by what you allow, how you allow him to work in your life. So God is limitless in power. Amen? As you live in that, in the area of no limitations, your faith begins to grow and something new happens in the community around you. All right, wrap this up. 
Jesus is all about you becoming the best version of you as was originally designed by your creator. The best version of you may not be at 10 a.m. of a Sunday or at 6 a.m. on a Monday morning. (laughs) But let me tell you, there's always a journey. There's always a process. Tomorrow morning, you may not wake up and be this. You may not wake up and I hope you look a darn side better than this. But let me assure you, if you stay committed to the foundation of these things, you will grow from strength to strength and you will start to live in the limitless power of Jesus Christ. The limitless power of life that flows through you. Let me assure you, this community will be changed. Your life will be changed. When I started to talk about the rock, there's two words, Petra or Petros and Petroi. And when Jesus turned to Peter and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is actually referring to two definitions. He refers to Petra in in the original statement of what he made. He refers to himself being the rock, the absolute foundational stone. But Petroi says this, is that we are all, and it's used again when it says in um, Ephesians 2, we're living stones fitted together in the house of God. Living stones, it means we are all fragments of that rock. That's the original Greek term. We are all fragments of that original rock. Peter was not the rock. Jesus is the foundation stone. So who do you think we become like when we are fitted together? We become the limitless power of Jesus upon this earth. The church looking like him more and more each day. The Bible says we're shot down but we're not defeated. We're pressed down, but we overcome. Hello? This is the power which is at work within our life. Can I ask you to stand? Can I ask that we never, ever go back to that place of, yeah, I've been here before. I want to respectfully challenge you in that. That we never, ever go back to it. Some people might be, well, I need to go back to this. Well, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. If you need to go back to the Word and and go through a season of building yourself up in the Word and and learning about the Word, then, then do that. Be committed to that. If you say, Matt, you know, I'm, uh, Jesus and I, we're really good. You know, and, and, and I have, already have a lot of Word. 
And I, and I, and I need to move away from the, from the milk of the word to the meat of the word so that my muscles can grow really, really strong, that I can be effective. Then, then perhaps, you know, you need to start to step into the prophetic or the spiritual gifts or the fruit of the spirit. And, and, and therefore, that this doesn't become you. That Jesus comes along and he, and he just cleans that up and says, look, you know, no problems about what happened yesterday. Yesterday's done away. This morning is even done away. Jesus, there is right now. Right now. That you step into this invitation that you are a living stone fitted specifically shaped and your prayer might be Lord put me in the right spot help me run in my lane help me run this journey with you if that's you I just ask you to open your hands and and just open your heart my prayer is this seed of the word of the truth that I've that I've just spoken about today that is written in the Bible that this seed would germinate in your life and take effect this week that your life would be changed Jesus right now we just come to you have your way in our hearts and have your way in our lives help us press into the word of your truth Help us understand your ways. Jesus, we are committed to being that spiritual house. We are committed to walk in your goodness. Lord, that we wouldn't just get by. That we wouldn't walk in a, yeah, I've been, been here before moment. But Lord, that we would experience something new in you. Jesus, we ask right now that you would just pour out your love right now. Pour out your spirit in a fresh and new way. Jesus, that you would be glorified above all things. That we would know that we belong in the very household of God. That you say, welcome home. Even now, Lord, I declare that the prodigals would come home. Even now, Lord, that sons and daughters would come into, into a living relationship with you, Lord. Even now, Lord, I ask that there would be unity in marriages, that marriages would be restored, Lord. Lord Jesus, that if, it, if our response ought to be on our knees, that we would be on our knees in prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us how to break through. Help us in this season of healing, Lord. Bring healing into this community. 
the church wouldn't be known for what it says. But the church would be known for what it does. Holy Spirit, just have your way here today. In Jesus' name. We all said.